0: Welcome to Love in the Love Boat, where we break down episodes of one of the greatest romantic comedy, drama, television series of all time. I'm Ishvan, Chicagoland's beloved children's musician and TV fanatic.
1: And I'm Michelle, pop culture enthusiast.
0: So come aboard. We're expecting you to join us for another edition of Love, Love in, in the, the Love, Boat. Love Boat. Here we are back for another fun-filled episode, episode eight. And we would like to welcome back, we would like to say aloha to our previous guest and friend, Stephen Dorian Slivka.
2: Yay! Woo,
0: welcome back. Thank
2: yeah, welcome you back for too. having me, especially on this episode. <laughs> I really can't thank you enough for that. He did send me a text that said, "Thanks
0: a lot for <laughs> making me watch one with Sandy Duncan. Uh, what? This
2: this episode is upsetting in I don't even. I I was making notes and I didn't even know what to write down because it was such an upsetting episode. There's nothing fun about this episode at no. all. See, I disagree. Hang on. Hang no, on. This you guys is well,
1: like, the Sandy Duncan storyline. I cried twice. I just oh. want to tell you. And I, this is my second time seeing it. This this is, and I've cried this twice. This is if like,
2: it. Lars von <laughs> Trier made an episode of The Love Boat, it would be this episode. Well,
1: speaking of, because we never talk about this, the director, I looked it up this time. Uh huh. And his name is Stuart Mar- Margolin. Uh huh. And um, he was an act, both an actor and a director. And he actually won Emmys, not for this episode. But yeah, he what has- a
2: horrible drama did he win a- a- Emmys for? All right, hang on, hang on, hang on you guys. Yeah. We, we have an actor I mean,
1: from the Rockford Files.
0: These guys, they're off the rails. <laughs> and um, I knew that this was going to be a tough one to navigate and yeah. to and to uh, wrangle. Now hang on. Allow me before we get into the specifics that traumatized you obviously. Yeah. To give the three storylines first and our guest stars on this episode. All right. So the first storyline we have is the understudy written by Ben Jolson and Art Bear. Maybe two names that are familiar. We also have Married Singles, written by Ray Jessel. And we have Lost and Found, written by Bruce Shelley. Sure was. (laughs) Would you guys (laughs) like to help me uh, announce our guest stars?
1: I'll let you do Lost and Found. Let's get some uh, traumatized. So
2: Lost and Found uh, was... uh, So our guest stars on Lost and Found is uh, the great Sandy Duncan. Yes. um, Triple Threat. She's amazing, normally. Uh, she acts up a storm in this one. Followed and supported by Jim Stafford, who everybody knows is known for Swamp Witch, which is was a top 10 uh, song in 1974. Actually, it wasn't top 10. It was top 100. Jim Stafford is from this
0: line. And tell me if you guys can add to this. Um, when we were growing up, there was this like crop of crossover country yes. kind of nice guys, right? Yeah Jim Stafford would be to me the C level of these people. You had like um who sang Rhinestone Cow? Glenn Campbell, right? Sure. So he'd be on TV and you'd see him Mac Davis is he's at oh, the yeah. top, man. He's at the top tier. I feel Jim Stafford was in he was Out in of the his mix. depth on this on this episode uh, for what he was required to do. Yeah, but there were all these likable guys. When we, can you think of anybody else? What, wait, what? What was Jim Stafford's
2: big hit?
1: Spiders and snakes.
0: Spiders and snakes. I have right? no idea that yeah. any of his music. Spiders and snakes. Yeah, that song. Did you write that song? Do You know <laughs> the song. Did I?
1: No. Listen,
0: spiders. We're gonna get hit by the Stafford. You know this song. I have never heard this song.
1: Wait for the chorus. Here it comes.
0: I don't remember this song. No it's like it's so
1: good and it's like remember like in the early 70s like country was kind of crossing over with like everywhere yeah and he even wrote songs for jerry reed
0: jerry reed he's the other dude i love but he would not have been good in this role jerry reed's my favorite but like
2: no one would have been good in this role this role is horrible
1: (laughs) (laughs) he (laughs) was good though his his close-ups
2: no so i wrote down you talk about his close-ups here's the note i wrote down (laughs) Jim Stafford turns into a werewolf, like <laughs> he's like frozen.
1: We haven't even given the backstory. <laughs> Wait, you know frozen. what
2: too Yeah. They all had beautiful eyes. Like, like <laughs> I, I
0: don't make a joke about Sandy Duncan's eye, but like she has beautiful eye, she has beautiful blue eyes. <laughs> she does. And then Meryl Steubing does, Julie does, Jim does. Stafford does, and uh, Steve Allen's wife all had beautiful blue eyes. Like I noticed it watching this the second time around. All right, wait, hang on. Who else do we have on the show? So we have those two guys. Yep. Who else are,
2: is starring on this episode? So, Married Singles. The guest stars were Polly Bergen, no relation to the great Edgar Bergen, near as I can tell. And, of course, Steve Allen. His name was Durwood. <laughs> His name was Durwood on this. Durwood
0: Moss. Durwood. Did you ever meet a Durwood in your life? No. So far, across the board, maybe in every episode. The, one of the male protagonists is named something that is absolutely
2: outlandish that you've yeah. never experienced in real life. Yeah, and Maisie Nolan, uh, played by Polly Bergen, of course. So that's Married Singles. And who was the guest star of The Understudy, Michelle?
1: Her name was Joanne Harris.
2: What is she known for? Well, I like Joanne Harris. I'm going to tie it back Harris. to the
1: director that I had brought up earlier. He had, one of the Emmys he had won was for the Tracy Ullman show. He had directed oh, wow. an episode. and. When I was doing my cross research, she was in one of the episodes, so maybe really? they remain friends or they dated. At
3: She's some
0: cute, point. man. She's super cute. But she Very played strange. a great.
1: but well, wait, we haven't even, like I said, gone into like the storylines of each thing.
0: Uh, shortly thereafter, as we get into the cruise, because this this couple arrives onto the ship, pretending that they do not know one another. Why? Because they're trying to. St-
1: I don't know. Spice up their marriage.
0: She's unhappy because yeah. she feels like the spark is gone and that he doesn't say "I love you" enough to her. And so I don't know what their plan was on
2: the ship to go on and. Oh, uh, I think their plan was to have separate vacations. Oh, okay. But, but okay. he booked the cabin next to her. Okay. For and whatever he, reason. he
0: doesn't like as you know, as a a man, you know, the privilege of just doing whatever you want back in this time for sure. He doesn't think that there's anything wrong with their relationship, but she's saying that there is. You know, he he doesn't. It's like see. it's like
1: a trial separation.
0: <laughs> They're the comic relief. Miss Nolan.
3: Okay, Maisie, where did you put my shorts? <laughs> you crazy yelling about your shorts in the middle of a hole? If anybody
1: finds out we're married, you're going to blow the whole idea. Well, separate
3: vacations wasn't my idea.
1: Oh, some separate vacations? You took the cabin right next door. Believe me, this is not what the marriage counselor
3: had in mind. Ah, that guy was a waste of money. Look, Maisie, you know I love you. Oh, well, you sure never tell me anymore. I just told you. Remember me talking? I was glasses oh, standing right very here. Very funny. Very funny. All
0: right, and then we have the very, very serious couple. Jim Stafford, Sandy Duncan coming on, dealing with something so unexpected and so heavy.
2: Oh, God.
1: The death of their eight-year-old son. Yeah. So go on a cruise. Yeah. Where there's going to be children and everything else. I guess maybe it's just trying to the get The thing over.
0: that was so similar to Sandy Duncan and Stephen P. Slivka is he can't stand the
2: sound of children laughing either. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down Sandy Duncan is upset and uh, Jim Stafford wants to party. That was the note. Is that he's trying so hard to enjoy the trip, uh, throughout this, and she is not enjoying. Well, see, that's it at the all. thing about this. She's a mom. No, no, hang on. let's get heavy. Yeah. Well, she is.
0: She's inconsolable. She cannot get past this, yeah. and understandably so. They should
2: not have gone on this trip. He, even though I'm
0: saying that Jim Stafford was in over his head as far as like not having the acting chops to pull this mm-hmm. off, you no. know, this sort of thing. As a character, he was a really good guy because he wasn't he was trying so hard to be supportive he was trying to endure all of this and he's trying to move on with life and she just can't and i did get emotional during one of the parts because it's horrible oh. it's so sad oh i got so upset but it really this is where i'm
2: saying like the love boat i'm like i wasn't prepared for this watching the love boat i thought everything Every was time gonna she be quiet
1: I, I cried and like my eyes got watery. she was and- very
2: convincing but here's my question and and i wonder if you guys know the answer to this question Um, When a guest star got booked on The Love Boat, did they see the script before or after they got booked on The Love Boat? Because I I got to think that there was a time when both Sandy Duncan and her manager and Jim Stafford and his manager are screaming at each other going, why (laughs) did you book? Like, Jim Stafford is supposedly a comedian. And then he got booked on this. And That's this true. is the storyline. It a heavy, is a disaster. Oh, could be. Yeah.
0: Could be. Because he really did seem like he was blindsided. Yeah, that, that could yeah, be true. That's looked, a good call. He looked like just shell-shocked through the whole thing. It's kind of true. It is oh. kind of true. Maybe you might be right. You might be right about that. But the part that really emotionally got me was when they came back into the cabin after she heard children's laughter and um, she couldn't handle it. He was trying to get her to come back out. Uh, she couldn't do it. And then he turned around and said
3: those things baby we can't stop living that's a terrible thing to do to Terry's memory we can't destroy the only thing we have left of him. oh Richard how does it make sense to get hurt so much for loving so much oh Richard I don't know baby I don't know Nobody does. Oh, I better get us unpacked. Half of the stuff is still in the bags. No, I want you to get out of here and give me some room. Okay, I'll have a drink. Okay. I love you, Sharon.
0: Said, you know, I, I love you, and then she stops for a moment. She says, "Don't stop, you know." Like, and then they. Embrace. Oh, I remember, yeah. But it's like the fact that, like, th- th- this is enough to destroy your entire relationship. And they're showing these two people um supporting one another, still finding that, and it maybe it bringing them closer together. And then at least there was the normal element of just a kid coming into the room. Are we jumping right this, to
2: this? Yeah, because the other gonna part right of this storyline no, go is a
1: little kid. <laughs> we got
2: to go back. we got to go back. <laughs> Are we <laughs> go, just jumping in this? No, go ahead. A little kid. Why, well, say it?
1: Books his own
0: cruise.
2: <laughs> it's so outlandish and He's absurd. He's like,
1: what, 10?
2: Yeah. James, 11? James Bond III. Yeah,
1: yeah that's the actor. And, yeah. and his name was Theodore?
2: Theodore Dennison.
0: Let's, let's meet... Theodore Dennison, maybe a precursor to Gary Coleman. That's know. what I
1: was thinking.
0: It seemed like that was the period of time. Hang on, let's let's officially meet this precocious, very independent young man.
1: Please,
3: I'm busy. I'm short one passenger. Theodore Dennison Jr. I'm <laughs> Theodore Dennison Jr. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. D, welcome aboard. Listen, you better tell your folks to hurry up, or they're not going to make it. Nah, no. nah, no, see. Please. Folks aren't like trying to make it. They're back in Stockton. But it's okay. Hey, look, I've got permission. What's it say? Theodore paid for his cruise out of his newspaper money, and he is old enough to travel alone. Signed Mom. <laughs>
0: The whole thing about this kid is insane. I mean, it's just absolutely insane because he shows up. One of the things that also drove me nuts is he was doing the thing that happened back in the time where he had a cool radio that I I kind of envied still to this day. Oh, yeah. I wrote down, how do I get this radio? Yeah, it's the best. (laughs) Oh, my God. But then he's playing that weird generic music that they would always play back then. It has like...
1: Like, generic funk.
0: Yeah, like generic, like yeah, funk exactly like rock. It's like funk, rock. It's like country funk. It's, it's the weirdest. Like anyone ever listened to that and music? Like a ever. big guitar slide, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's grooving to this music. But he shows up and then they had to use they had to stretch so hard to make it like where they can't leave the kid and he gets to come on. I a mean, cruise. essentially he's a
1: runaway, and then but somehow he booked a cruise and then which I didn't understand is like the ship really hadn't taken off yet.
0: You can't make a phone call till you leave the port. No, It didn't supposedly. make sense. They were still
1: throwing the confetti and the this stuff. Was, and the kids, was... they could have got the kid off the, the boat.
0: I give them a wide berth for trying to like establish these premises, but that one was just so was absolutely stretch. out of control. And then
1: he, he had the room next to Sandy Duncan and her mm, husband. By
2: coincidence.
0: Yeah. Bruce Shelley. Yeah but see it's like a little bit afterwards this I was already confused as to like what this kid was doing and why you know what I mean you needed to understand why he's he is left you know he's a runaway right what was the reason for this? And then the captain and gopher, a little bit later, bump into him as he's just wandering the ship by
2: himself. By himself. And they're that, totally okay a chaperone. with it. Right. Yeah.
0: They're all okay with it. Just he like He actually fine. gets on
2: the elevator and goes like, see you later. Like, they just <laughs> accept that as being okay. Yeah. yeah. But
0: when they meet him, then he finally like explains what the issue and problem was.
3: Mr. Dennison. Hey. Well, just the man I'm looking for. Mr. D, you are in a lot of trouble. You remember the captain? Yeah, hey, yeah, what's happening, man? Yes, uh, well, we finally reached your parents, and, well, they've been chasing around all night trying to find you. Theodore, you got them worried sick. I mean, they're they not worried about me. They're they, they worried about themselves. They, they, they fight. They're they talking about getting a divorce. And look, I figure if they're splitting, I'm splitting. Mr. Dennison, you're a pretty gutsy guy. But uh, we think you should know. That your parents plan on meeting the ship in Puerto Vallarta, and they want to take you back home with them. Hey, look, I got no home. When do we get to this Puerto place? Day after tomorrow. Hey, maybe by then I have a home. I see y'all guys later, man. Be cool.
0: This kid just, he he endured, like, just like his parents were arguing, so he decides that he's going to run away from home? That's
2: correct. To Mazatlan.
0: And felt that he was <laughs> going to be able to find a whole new family to just adopt him? Because that seemed like that was his M.O. Makes total sense.
2: I- Sandy Duncan seemed to think it was plausible. Yeah, so this is where, so I don't know where we are in the timeline here, but at some point, Sandy Duncan full on loses her mind and is in total <laughs> psychosis. You look beautiful.
3: Well, you're looking pretty good yourself. You know, Theodore thinks you are very together. Uh, listen, hon, about Theodore... Isn't he something? Can you imagine a kid with his background, one orphanage after another, still turned out great. Hey, Richard, with the advantages we could give Sharon, him... Sharon, he has parents. Oh, he does not. I spoke to the captain today. He ran away from home. His parents are coming to pick him up in of Vallarta. I see. And who paid for his cabin on this ship? He did? With his newspaper route money? That's ridiculous. He just told everybody that story because he doesn't want him to know the truth. Richard, nobody wants him. He he told me. His, His uncle in Mexico paid for the trip. Theodore is being forced on him because he happens to be a relative. He's going to be taken off this ship to live the rest of his childhood with a man who doesn't give a damn about him. Sweetheart, even if that were true, which I doubt, we couldn't do anything about it. Can we just see what happens in Puerto Vallarta, please?
1: Okay. Thank you.
2: Because she just just takes up this kid as her own kid. At this he has point.
1: a nightmare and he just comes into a stranger's room. And then she's like, Take a bed with me and let comfort you. That's I get totally it. Totally normal.
0: We need to walk through that whole moment. Okay. No, no we're I... going to relive this right now together. People at home, please sit down, get a drink. This is important. This was so insane and so disturbing and so wrong and nothing you could even come close to doing today. The kids next door. Knock on the door. He's in his pajamas. Jim Stafford, did you hear what he said, too? When the, when, what was his name? Thelonious? What's his name? What's the kid's name? What's the kid's name? Theodore. 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 Theodore Theodore knocks on the door, saying that he's having some sort of like nightmare or something like that. And he's like, can I come in? He doesn't know these people at all, right? No. And then Jim Stafford goes, come in.
2: No. (laughs) It's real dark
0: and disturbing. That's
2: Jim Stafford acting.
0: But you don't even (laughs) see him. So you just see the kid out in the hall. He's like, come in.
1: Why wouldn't you call like the captain and be like? Nothing There's about a this kid. is okay.
0: But like, he hops in bed with Sandy Duncan. She's like brushing his hair aside or she's whatever she's doing. Being a
1: mom, but it's a little. Mm. But this Much. is
0: very murderous. This is the only way that you can rationalize it, though, is like she was so disturbed and distraught and uh, hurt well, by exactly. the loss of the child that now this is the one thing that is bringing her out of that
2: abyss of depression. Here, here's what I don't understand. This is the love (laughs) book.
1: What? She's got a love for this kid. What possessed
2: Bruce Shelley to (laughs) sit down and go... I know what I'm gonna do. Alcohol. I'm gonna cook up a good story where a kid dies. Alcohol and abuse. Then, and then the other kid is gonna replace the kid.
0: Why? They were tackling some heavy subject matter. This is horrible. That's what I appreciate about the oh. show. And I was une- i didn't expect this. No. Yeah. When we no. first were gonna jump back on board with the show, we were not. Pre- I-, I wasn't prepared for it at all. Oh. But after the kid
2: was in the bed for a while, it did seem cool, right? <laughs> let's talk let's go to the understudy let's we haven't talked about uh, connie evans That's yet true. really
3: uh miss mccoy connie evans yes welcome aboard thank you ah well yeoman purser smith at your service uh isaac washington chief barman i'm dr adam bricker the ship's physician. if you have any questions about your body doc <laughs> it's really nice to meet you all Connie, don't let these clowns scare you. The rest of the crew is normal. Oh, Connie, believe me, we're the only ones worth knowing. The rest of the crew is strictly chopped liver. (laughs) And on behalf of all of us chopped liver, allow me to introduce myself. I'm Captain Steubing. I'm
2: just leaving. Um, a nice you. My offer still holds.
3: Okay. It's an honor to meet you, sir. I've heard so much about you.
2: Here's my first note for the understudy. I hate this. <laughs> That's my first note. Uh, this show uh, is a horror movie, is my second uh, note, as it relates to wow, the Wow, this one
0: really impacted you in a, in a dark way. I didn't find it that way. I uh, thought it was fun.
2: No, I didn't think it was fun at all. From the word go, she's undermining Julie.
1: Oh, yeah, she establishes that right from the get-go, because yeah. she's like, I'd give anything to have your job, Julie. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, this this understudy is, they're training her, and she wants Julie's job.
2: And Captain Steuving falls for it from, from the word go. She's a pretty, pretty Ugh. girl, I guess. No, but he's busy. He's got a lot
0: of stuff on his mind, and he can't be micromanaging everything. So, like, she took that as an opportunity to lie, you know, and 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 mislead, you know. She's smart. It's how you're successful in life sometimes. You know, that's how you get to be the cruise director, Slivka. No. You know how you get to be a cruise director? Hard work. That's how you get to be <laughs> <a> cruise director. <laughs> but see, that's why, that's why Julie's so great, because she even is, like, sort of, like, accepting of this she's there to help her immediately she's such a nice person that she's like somewhat allowing this to happen in a way and then um throughout this she's just i mean we could all hope to be as great as julie mccoy was
2: there is a part where she wishes death on Connie, (laughs) (laughs) which was pretty great
0: yeah that was pretty funny (laughs) but
2: for the most part she was uh she was virtuous and, and sort of fair uh, throughout Yeah, herself, even when but. she
1: was lying, stealing Julie's ideas for the country western night.
0: <laughs> hey, with the country western night, that didn't make any sense to me. You know why? Why? She had the idea, right? Julie's got the idea. During to- the
1: cruise. What do you think of my idea for the
3: captain's cocktail party? Wild west night. We'll get all the crew and all the passengers and everybody dress up in Western clothes. And we'll have the waiters wear big old handlebar mustaches and big cowboy hats. Oh, and we'll serve mugs of beer and red eye. And we'll just all sit around and sing all
0: those old Western songs. What do you think?
3: (laughs) I think that's terrific. Good evening, all. Good
0: evening,
3: sir. Miss Evans has just told me about a wonderful idea she has for my farewell cocktail party. A Wild West Night.
0: No kidding. But here, check it out. If if you're having this Western night, Julie comes up with the idea, then Connie steals the idea from her, right? Right. Where did everybody get country That's clothing Them. So that is exactly I I what I wrote down. Too. Where did they get? Steve the Allen had weird country outfit on. His wife did. Everybody Everyone did. Somehow had country. Where
2: did the bales of hay come
0: from? Yes, I had that. <laughs> Why did they have bales of hay? If she did, I didn't even notice the bales does, of hay.
1: Came up with it during the crew. It was like
0: it was like a brainstorming thing, and then all of a sudden, they have everyone's got something to wear. And why, when they're all hanging out, the whole crew did they give Isaac the comedy mustache? He already has a mustache. I thought Bernie Copel would have been funnier with the mustache. Don't you think? No. I don't That know. didn't make any sense.
1: Maybe he didn't want to wear the mustache because he's got that's, an image to That's what
0: I thought. That's exactly what I thought because he was sitting there and like the really,
2: really doctor. cool. He's
1: an doctor. Yeah, can't wear the funny but mustache. But you think Fred
0: Grandy at least would have. He seemed like he'd be up for something like that and they put the big, giant mustache. No, you, must- you know
2: what? Ted's a professional and he was there to play the role and do it and he said, give me the mustache. I'll wear it, you The guys. big white mustache. He ball. was the yeah. good
1: guy in all this because he called Oh, know,
0: and there.
2: you know what else? Out. There was a second pie
0: or cake gag. Yeah, he fell on the cake. Gopher fell flat on the the cake. cake. That's the second time. How about
1: Gopher's uh, Captain Steubing impersonation? It was
2: very good, didn't you think? (laughs) Uh, Someone call it uncanny. Hello? Did you get my roses? Oh, it's you. Hello. Yes.
3: Yes, they are beautiful. She buys it. Uh, please call me Merle. Call me a
2: cab. (laughs) That was amazing. That was so dumb.
0: Yet he wouldn't do a John Wayne the impression. Thank everybody God. can do, you know. It's like, but he did
2: a, a perfect a perfect on Captain Stuving. <laughs> and then, you know, on the inappropriate parade here, then Meryl all of a sudden is super nice to Connie. Creepy throughout the whole thing, and just completely blind eye to Connie's. It is a deception. You know ways. this, right? It is kind of like I think it is a section. I'm going on a cruise. I want to relax. I want to read. Next, I yeah, want to get a, go on the I want to get a zombie <laughs> ladies and gentlemen and not be called one look good by the what is Isaac? He's like he's not just a bartender, he's like the chief bartender. I think that's what he's you saying, know
0: This yeah. this I, I can attest to this being very true because I received text from Stephen P. Slipka while he's in Hawaii and
2: I'm like, what are you doing? It's like <laughs> he really does just want to relax. Yeah, I just want to <laughs> relax with my zombie by the two tiny pool yeah that doesn't have a lot of water in it. And I want to enjoy myself. Oh, I hate that pool. It's
1: kind of gross water looking,
0: too.
2: It is definitely gross. It's like a mold pond.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the 70s. Wait, 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 wait.
0: Wait. Lonnie Anderson is on this ship. Yeah. Correct. And and they don't even credit her in the beginning. You see her kind of for a moment, and it's weird because like that's the other thing: is she was she known at this point? WKRP in Cincinnati no, no, was no. not a show no, yet. No, I think this was her like. This starry. was early because yeah. you know why? Like when she comes, this is so confusing to me. This part because Lonnie Anderson comes into the dining room, and the Steve Allen and Polly Bergen like yeah. they're they're kind of like sparring with one another. She's sitting with some guy, which again, back in this time, being a handsome man was not a difficult thing to be at scene because well, like teeth. oh did look at this guy out his teeth? oh my gosh she was Oh, so... are you you're talking about jack yeah yeah, yeah. jack plymouth,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> jack plymouth.
2: Yeah. at least that's a plausible name though. i wrote down jack plymouth and connie bergen have the same haircut that was the note i wrote down he just has less of it yeah. Than her. yeah yeah but he same it's a good call right? they would have made yeah, a good couple really a
0: good call. yeah
2: um so like
0: she comes into the dining room she's staring at a card i guess with her assigned table and she's looking at it really closely like maybe she's
1: she's playing the dumb blonde her
0: name's barbie and hang on you guys she does such an exceptional she job does,
1: she does do a good job of
0: playing the ditzy blonde character and her voicing is next level
1: is this table
3: number
0: nine well yeah it can be any number you want oh
3: i'd like it to be nine uh, Yes, this is my very first cruise on the sea. <laughs> Hi. Hi I'm Barbie. I'm Kim Ken. <laughs> Ken.
0: <laughs> Okay, so after that, after they introduce Lonnie Anderson formally on the ship, she is kind of paired up with Steve Allen completely wrongly, as if Lonnie Anderson would be with Steve Allen. Well, that she starts, did
1: make a joke about him being like her father. Her father.
0: But then towards the end, it seems like she really is interested, like wanting to go to his room and stuff like that, which I could not comprehend. None of it made any sense. Yeah, like, I can't wait to get with this older guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <and>
1: Steve <laughs> Allen to boo.
0: Yeah, that just didn't make any sense. But he wasn't really, he wasn't being gross. He I was think actually that was
2: testing the bounds of her of reality. ability
0: to, to be. <laughs>
1: no, his character <laughs> wasn't being really creepy because he was still in love with his wife. He was great, yeah. No,
0: yeah. he was really great. And he was very sweet. And he was. He was kind constantly like paying attention finally you know it was finally getting through to him see I I enjoyed this episode I liked it I I thought it was absolutely shocking but I did enjoy
2: the episode I thought it was fun here here's a high point uh, of all the uh, emotional devastation that (laughs) that was wrought upon the viewer in this episode the one good part that I liked was uh, when they were dancing at dinner when Steve Allen and Polly Bergen were dancing at dinner it was following that old like trope uh, that was used on The Muppet Show, like during the dance scenes. Oh, yeah. Where they're winging out one-liners uh, between dancing. It was really funny, and there was a bunch of super old jokes, but it was actually pretty good. Other than that, I would have <laughs> chucked this whole episode. You're oh, nuts, I don't dude. know.
1: I thought it was... It was just like a heavy episode. It was like Hang super on. heavy. I'm
0: going to prove him wrong right now. I'm going to drop a clip right <laughs> on his head, okay? Ugh. Because when... Polly Bergen is hanging out with Fro
2: Guy in the room. Jack Plymouth. Yeah. She
1: really got the raw end of the deal there. <laughs> Try,
0: Jack
2: Plymouth? Yeah. He's just trying to sell some insurance already. But she's it's,
1: a good-looking older woman. She yeah, was. I better she was... looking than Steve Allen. Yeah.
2: Definitely. But as they are
0: goofing around and she's trying to make it seem as if something is happening between her and Jack Plymouth to make him jealous, make Steve Allen jealous, she comes out into the hallway...
1: Well, I'm glad you heard what went on. It's obvious that Jack's crazy about me, and I had to fight to keep him out of my cabin. Uh, are you kidding? He was trying to sell the insurance
3: in the middle of the night. <laughs> Let's face it, nothing's happening there, and nothing is going to. Oh, really? Oh, really? Well, you'll just tune in tomorrow night, and you'll hear something that'll make your ears drop off. <laughs>
0: The way he delivered that it was, was so good. That was funny. And I thought he had some really solid lines and I thought he did a really, really good job. I didn't think that it was because stuff can get certainly super cornball for sure. But um I thought that he did a really good job and those two together were were pretty good together,
2: you know. Michelle, yeah. you might have mentioned this, uh, but Steve Allen's shirts <laughs> were the greatest thing I've ever seen in my they life. Were- when he like, stepped foot on the on, by the pool, oh
0: my god, like, it was crazy. They were the greatest.
1: They had he had really good shirts. I you and I need to right start because
0: the last time you heard was so fun, and we were talking about the Terry cloth Terry cloth one yeah. and. We really do need to try and locate these. See if we can find any yeah, of this stuff great. somewhere, and then wear them. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah, we need I know to what rock you mean. these clothes, we need to start hunting this they stuff down. They were amazing.
1: I say it like the women's dresses were amazing. You
0: see Sandy Duncan, she had the little like anchor on her dress. Was was yeah, so I she, noticed that. Her dress was so amazing. cute with that little cute.
1: rhinestone anchor.
2: Oh yeah, she looked adorable. She looked so great she on Sandy here.
1: Duncan was awesome on this.
2: So this is full thank you to my wife, uh, Nolan Bertrandoff Miller. Was the uh, designer on the love boat? So we can thank Nolan Bertrand Miller for these costumes. Oh, okay. Ooh, yeah, amazing. very good. So we need to get uh, a little more backstory. Who, who in that too. Also, uh, so yes, Angela, my wife, uh, found this. Thank Thanks, Angela. And, yeah, and thank you. So Nolan Miller, just a little aside here, because this is legendary from a costumery uh, standpoint, did Dynasty. Oh, so. I
0: can't believe you have to look on a phone for this information <laughs> and that you just
2: don't have it. I, it's not even on. I'm pretending that I, I'm looking it up, but I really know it by heart.
1: <laughs> Getting back to the one with Julie and her, uh, whatever, trainee trying to take her job, Isaac is... is- the good guy always. And he tried to warn everybody that she was lying and trying to steal Julie's job. And in the beginning, they weren't having it. But yeah, explained because it to everybody. Doc
0: and Gopher are both trying to get with this woman, you know, they're too busy, you know, pursuing her in that way. And Isaac is not swayed by that. I believe it's because Isaac is very intuitive. He deals with people all the
1: time. The bartender, they yeah. know everything.
2: Look, he didn't become a chief bartender without knowing people. Um, That's like true. He'd be
1: almost like psychiatrist, you know. You but know he's also just on. smart,
0: street smart. He knows what's going on. He's paying attention, and like you said, like it's, they have like a family quality to them. Because right after that, when he points it out, then Doc and Gopher uh, let their libidos take a break, and then they all join together to and defend Julie. And then they turn Julie. to
1: like falsifying Captain
2: Stewie's job. Yeah, they turn always. to fraud. <laughs>
0: Africa, totally. do, do, they, your, they do your Meryl do your Meryl Steubing. do do yours. It's so okay. I'm not going to embarrass. Her. I don't put you on the spot. But his is so good. It's you like, guys would it's be blown that's up. equally good. It's kind of
1: equally as bad. Yeah. yeah. That, that that they tricked her. No, no matter I, how horrible she's being, that they they tricked her.
3: I'd like you to do something for me, Miss Evans. Uh-huh. I'm going to have a very important guest at the party tonight, a Mr. Humbertson. I'd like you to give him some special attention. If you know what I mean. What kind of uh, special tension did you have in mind? (laughs) Really?
1: And then it's it's a classic, another classic storyline, but then they tell her to wear the red dress that got her in trouble from Captain Steuben earlier because it was too revealing.
2: Yeah, and, uh, okay, so there there was one shot, maybe this is getting too granular, but there's one shot at that point where she's wearing the red dress that looks like the Sasquatch uh, <laughs> film. Did you notice Wait, this? Is she walking past or something? Yeah, she's walking oh, past, yes, yes. but it gets all blurry for a second. I remember that. Really I remember it now
1: that she it looked like It looked
2: like the up. Sasquatch of.
0: Uh, uh, film. Dude, back it, when we were kids, Sasquatch, strange. Loch Ness Monster were very popular there everywhere. Yeah. So I think maybe they were capitalizing on that. Oh, you maybe know?
2: it was a reference to Sasquatch, where she's or walking. Four six million dollars.
0: Because yeah. in maybe. search of in search of was on back then. Oh, so like oh, yeah. that episode probably came on very powerful. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> they utilized that really well.
2: Yeah, and I, I wrote down uh, um, Doc and Gopher ruin Connie's career. They make it so she gets not only fired, but I don't think she's going to be allowed on a ship. That soon, was a killer
0: know. scene, though. You know, this is where I thought of Michelle, because Michelle admires and likes um, Gavin McCloud so much and Meryl Steubing, that you see Meryl Steubing really, really like take this seriously and he lays down the law.
3: But this was Julie's fault, all of it. Then consider yourself lucky, Miss Evans. After you leave the ship tomorrow, you won't have to work with her anymore. I'm fine? Exactly. Yes, come in. Captain, there's something I think you should know. Connie was sandbagged. I beg your pardon? Someone on the crew imitated your voice, sir, and set Connie up so that she'd embarrass herself tonight at your party. They did it to protect me. They knew she was after my job. Your job? Yes, sir. This girl isn't qualified to do half your job. Sandbagged or not, you should have had more common sense than to throw yourself at a passenger. Good night, Miss Evans. Goodbye.
0: But after that, Julie still shows what a good person she is. Yes. She still hasn't yeah. turned completely on this person and she says that she could be a good cruise director. She has the potential. I don't see the potential.
2: <laughs> I really
0: don't I think...
1: either. Because what did she do to prove herself? Nothing. Nothing. She just lies, Julie. Is it just ideas? is
0: Julie just like like too naive. Yeah, it, it, she's it's not that so she's, she's a good person. She should have too crushed generous. her. She
2: should have crushed her when she had the opportunity. She should have. She got, should have gone in for the killing blow. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Right she should at have that, gone more person... Fantasy
1: Island and gone a little darker. Yeah. And, and like really just.
2: And you just hear a splash off the side <laughs> of the boat. say
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> for overboard,
0: middle of the night.
2: Yep. But she gives her, a, I think, the most important lesson of this episode, which is stop scheming and start working. Oh, God. That's Do what Do you know how many times says. I've heard that from him to me? <laughs> That's all I've heard the entire time I've known him. Let's
0: um, push Stephen P. Slivka to the brink of Sandy Duncan madness and make him and us finally get to the bottom of this storyline between her being just in the pit of depression because of the loss of their child, deciding they're just going to adopt a child that they met on a boat, (laughs) and then the fact that the parents show up later on. Why didn't the parents show up in the one thing? They missed
1: their flight. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: You think you'd be able to get that together when your kid has just taken off on a boat?
1: Okay, so the parents show up. Yeah, the dad gives a speech. The mom didn't talk at all. No, did she not, not one have word. a sad card?
2: No, is I don't think so. Is that why she didn't get to talk? I don't think she because was union. <laughs>
1: if your kid is missing, yeah, and you're the mom, why would you not all say? All of a word? the adults,
0: all of the adults are so tolerant of this kid's behavior. It is insane. They all let him, like again, wander he the boat by lot. himself. Then he's jumping into bed with strange people. Yeah. The parents show up, don't yell at him at all, and they just the kids like, well, we're, we're gonna take I you I home. I did
1: that, my dad. Oh, you'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your kid
2: runs me. away. First of all, <laughs> spends money on a boat trip, so he didn't stow away for free. He he paid for a boat trip. He really did. Wow, what an industrious child. Yeah, said a
1: newspaper route. Which wow. is a
2: needless plot point, by the way. He could have just stowed away. He
0: said he had a paper route since he was six years
2: old. Yeah, I was six. confounded. No, there was discussion at my house about that. Six years old. So uh, he, he's in four, four in the morning. Yeah, first grade. At uh, four in the morning, he's, uh, he's Lugging papers. hucking papers uh, at, at houses. So his the parents 70s. chase him all the way, where? To Porta Vallarta? First. And, and their reaction is, Eh, they're pretty cool about it. They picked
1: him up in Mazatlan
0: because they missed yeah. their
2: flight They go to Mazatlan, their. and their response is like, well, "Okay." But
0: well. the kid goes, like, "They're like, okay, we're go- we're sorry, we're going to go home." And the kid goes like this: He goes, "No, like, no, I got a new family."
1: Well, because they weren't arguing. Yeah,
0: they didn't make enough.
2: These like, people persu- don't argue.
0: A persuasive enough argument yeah. for him to come home. You no. haven't convinced me. <laughs>
2: It was bonkers, dude. The whole thing was bonkers. Yeah. But then the waterworks turn on and there's so much acting to flutes, I can't even believe it. So the <laughs> flutes start dialing up. You know it's going to be a really poignant part. And then Sandy Duncan, first of all, grabs this kid with both arms. I don't know if you noticed that. That's yes. weird. And he's crying. She's crying. The mom off camera, not crying. I don't think she's no. affected by anything. No. Oh, yeah, that's so weird. But he was adopted too, right? That's the thing. No, like, no, that's what Sandy
0: Duncan said. Did no, he lie? No, no, he lied to her. Oh my gosh, that is crazy, man. That is so. No- you know what? It's making me yearn for Jim Neighbors right now. Yeah, <laughs> see, you know <laughs> what? That <laughs> Jim
2: <laughs> Neighbors story, easy, easy get. This one, real tough. Yeah, talking about his meals and stuff like that. This yeah. one is so complicated he and confusing. lie and say his uncle
1: was gonna pick him up. Yeah,
2: and yeah. His- yeah. His his uncle who lived, who in, lived Mexico. in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Is wow. going to pick him up. Double lie. So this kid's a lying, lying. liar. That's what I'm yeah. saying.
1: Runaway, I'm a
2: liar. And, and he's it. just
0: getting away with it left and right. And it's just like, no one is punishing this kid. No one is telling
2: this kid what's up. He's making all the decisions.
0: It is completely
2: insane. And so eventually he acquiesces and goes, I think, with his parents. And then all of a sudden Sandy Duncan's cured. It ends and she's now, she's Did better. Did
1: she say she was pregnant at the end?
2: No. no, you know well, what
1: it I was. I couldn't understand that's that. That's what last I thought part. at
0: first. They they were now going to consider adoption.
1: No, there's the adoption. Yeah,
0: treatment. they're
2: gonna adopt. They're gonna adopt, and Jim Stafford just to like wing a, a, a zinger in at the end says something totally insane. Well, that's it. Made me end. think
1: like she was pregnant, but then no. that that makes more sense to what me. What did he say? He
2: said, "I never did want to adopt, but you know how women are." <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's God. what he said. <laughs> Us women. That was what he said. <laughs> like I guess I have to adopt a child now. <laughs> oh, Got to make well. the wife
1: happy. Got to adopt a child. <laughs>
2: oh my oh god. Oh my god. That
0: is absolutely insane. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love this episode. I thought it was awesome. I, I I loved the insanity of the of the kid jumping in the bed and all that stuff. It just I I liked all of it. You know, it it was very emotional. And yes, there are some weird ways for them to get to what they're getting at. And I think they they made some super mistakes. Uh, but there are some things that you find in this that are pretty heavy. And I think really, really worthwhile, but it's just like bonkers, <laughs> insane to get there. I, I don't like, know what the, this the idea is. that 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 adoption is is something to consider to get from point A to point B, as far as all that's concerned, is crazy. It's just super, super crazy. But I did think that the lighthearted stuff was pretty fun, and I maintained the fact
1: that Lonnie Anderson would be interested in Steve Allen.
0: I think as I get older, I think
2: that that's completely plausible. <laughs> His and my classes were so small, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that.
1: But we didn't wrap that up. They they ended up not being able to follow through with the people that they picked up.
2: Yeah, so, so Polly Bergen and uh, Steve Allen. It ends nice. Yeah, it does end nice. They, they can't go through with their adultery. and no, they're uh, swinging. They, I thought theirs was great. Yeah, and they don't split up and they get back together. Yeah. And then Dave, uh,
1: Although that was a little disturbing. Like, the, we're going to do it in the morning or we're going to oh, do it in the yeah, night. That's right. and I'm like, I don't want to think about Steve Allen doing it at all.
0: You know what? I had that exact thought now that you say that. Like, like when they went into the room, yeah. I, I thought that Guys, the exact I just want to say
2: that's ageist and gross. <laughs> no, all it's right? Steve Allen is. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: No, but their their storyline did really end really nicely. Yeah, and, they get and back comically together amicably. It was really good. And um, they were both happy. And that is the magic of the love boat. When you, you know, rekindle your relationship. That's the Either nice rekindle thing. rekindle
1: your relationship or you get married immediately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look how many notes Livka has for this thing. <laughs> I'm so it,
2: impressed. No, this is more like <laughs> a, a journal to help me process the, the trauma <laughs> of this. It really is impressive. I need to take a photo of that. Look, I have it, I have it coordinated by storyline. It's incredible all lin- in a linear fashion so i can keep them all straight i have breaks where there's a scene Hang on, change. Wow. Hang on i keep... just
1: highlight my like ones that are like i need to yeah. talk about guys
2: we're really working hard for you out there we
0: love the show we're doing so much work <laughs> on and now hang on just grab something randomly from your notes that we haven't covered i want to hear
2: something that that you've got written down that we haven't touched upon i need to try a tequila sunrise that's a note that i have here because those are oh, those are good uh, there were two tequila sunrises at the uh, at the dinner when uh, Lonnie Anderson and Steve Allen were uh, yeah. together. They got tequila sunrises. Oh, okay. So what was your drink of choice in Hawaii? Mai Tais. Yes. They're pretty fantastic. Yeah. It's all yeah. you should drink in There was a lot of Mai Tais being had. What were your takeaways from this episode? What did you guys walk away from uh, with?
1: That I, as a youth, I was very underachieving. I could have used my paper route money and gone on a cruise
2: Okay. to
0: get away from my parents.
2: Fair. What'd you learn from this?
0: I learned love endures and heals all and is the thing that binds us in this life. And these are... The poignant lessons I learned from the Love Boat regularly. And I also learned that we better get our buns in gear and stop scheming, start working to find some clothes that we're seeing on this episode. (laughs) On these episodes. Definitely true. And start rocking these regularly, like all the time.
1: We also need to start making the drinks that yeah, with tickets, I was gonna say. Good idea. Good idea. A zombie would have been nice. Oh, that's a
0: great idea. We need to start doing that for sure.
2: I think that's a great idea. Yeah.
0: Now, um, I also learned that uh, Angela is awesome and thank Angela for providing us with Absolutely. that information. We love it. We love it so much. We are, um, like I said, in the description of the last thing that I posted, the highlight from when Stephen P. Slifka joined us first. Uh, we do have open invitations to people and we are trying to figure all that stuff out. It's, it's the hardest part of putting the show together, scheduling everything, but we do want to have other people on the show and to do stuff like that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, hey. Yes.
1: Because I said I would bring this up, because you didn't do it. This is going to drop on Saturday. Ishvan's birthday is on Sunday. Oh. He was given a gift tonight. Oh. From Slifka and he never oh, opened I, oh, it. Okay,
2: yeah, I'm gonna. So open now this. you get
1: to do it now.
2: You're a real creep. I'm scared. All right, hang on. You might want to step back, Michelle.
0: <laughs> did you do the Peter Falk? Did what? you paint a, a picture of yourself? Is that what this is? I did. Oh my gosh. Hang on. Oh.
1: Holy smokes, at-
0: see? Oh, you guys, you're going to have to uh, check out the Instagram because Stephen <laughs> P. could just surprised me for my birthday with something I didn't even realize existed. It is the Love Boat World Cruise game. Oh, my gosh. Did you know about this being in existence at all? No. Yeah. Oh, my. Dude, what's the premise of the game? Did you Did you... Figure it out, no?
2: Yeah, I played it for hours before I (laughs) brought it over. No, I have no idea. You have to, I I think it's some sort of journey game. I don't know whether you find love on the way or not. Wow, thank you. Or at least
1: a son to adopt. Oh my
2: gosh, (laughs) look at this. (laughs) Look at the board. Oh, you guys,
0: I'll post pictures of this. This is insane. This is crazy. I have the rules. Hang on. The Love Boat World Cruise Game challenges you to become the star passenger on the Ultimate World Cruise. You accomplish this by scoring the most points while participating in cruise and port activities. It's a race to the finish, and it takes good luck and a keen mind to select only those activities most suitable to your star role. Cool, man! It is. Cool. It says right
1: here on the box cover: become the star passenger on an exciting worldwide cruise aboard the Love
0: Boat. That's incredible, dude! Thank there you. you. Go. What a That's fun awesome. surprise! What Happy a perfect
1: lo- way to end the show.
2: Happy
0: Love Boat birthday! Thank yes, you, man! Definitely. Oh my gosh! And thank you guys for listening again. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Um, and until next time, as always, I am Ishvan. Michelle. And
2: I'm Slivka. Captain
3: Stewie. Captain Steuben, please come to the bridge. And
2: we're, we're loving, loving the, the love boat.
0: boat. Hi guys, it's me Ishvan, host of Loving the Love Boat. And before you go, I wanted to invite you to check out my other show, Ishvan's Imaginary Podcast. Yes, it is a kids and family show, but I think it's a show anyone can enjoy. Here, take a peek. Oh, well, Ishvan, in my college days and listeners, I was very active in musical theater. And I was somewhat celebrated in my portrayal of Adam Ponte from Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, the role made famous by Mr. Howard Keel. And as a matter of fact, I have been told my voice resembles and even rivals his. Here, take a listen. Bless your beautiful
3: heart, wherever you may be. We didn't meet your bottom
0: wheel in the that you look gap for me. See? Dad,
3: that, that's so embarrassing. I don't understand. Do you hear his voice? He has like a gym neighbors quality where it goes into something completely different. It's kind of shocking.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard you sing. That is very unlike your voice. Wow colorful characters, award-winning music, and humor and content in a capital G-rated glory that can take on any other podcast out there. So whether it's with your kids, nieces and nephews, grandchildren, or just you and your inner child, Ishvan's Imaginary Podcast is available everywhere podcasts are found to make you all smile and sing along. Check it out today.